I was able to put my trust and my faith in the system and, and it worked. We have a new appreciation for life. A Riverside County family restored. A couple reunifies with their daughter after she was removed from their care. I was able to regain our daughter, regain my recovery and my freedom from active addiction and just so many wonderful things. The father, Stephen Baker, sharing his inspiring story, his battle with addiction after years of trauma and abuse, and how he found solutions to lifelong challenges through treatment, support from county partners, and a court program helping to make his family whole again. I just would love people to realize that CPS is actually there for you. The resources that they have are amazing. It's all happening right now on the service station. Welcome everyone to the service station, information and conversation, a podcast from Riverside County Department of Public Social Services or DPSS. I'm your host, Gene Kennedy. Stephen Baker is here with me now. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's great to have you. And also with us today, we have two other guests, Allison Gambino. She's a program specialist with Children's Services, which is part of DPSS. So glad to have you with us. Thank you for having me. And Brenda Avila is here. She's a peer support specialist with Riverside University Health System Behavioral Health, who helped Stephen on his road to recovery. Welcome. Thank you. So we're going to be talking with all three of you here shortly. Stephen, I want to begin just with your story. Start with just telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, your journey, and a little bit about your family, where you're from. Uh, I am from uh, Northern California, a small town called Orville. My uh, parents divorced when I was five. My mother, she was battling a severe drug addiction as well as my father. And that caused a separation. And that was pretty much the way I grew up, living with, um, off and on with uh, two drug addicts. Trauma that you suffered with at a very young age. You could definitely say that. Um, when my parents divorced, I lived with my mother um, during the school years. And she allowed my uncle to live with us. And he... Uh, he was in an active, um, motorcycle from an active motorcycle club. And he was also a methamphetamine cook at eight. Um, they would give me marijuana to calm me down at 11 was the first time they introduced me to methamphetamine. And, um, at 15 years old was the first time that I was actually incarcerated And somebody told me, hey, you know what you're doing is wrong, don't you? And one of the counselors there in juvenile hall, and I told them, not really. This is what everybody in my family does. Mm. And, um, boy, there was a shock on their face, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was pretty much the way it was. You know, I would do the summers with my dad, and he was addicted to cocaine. He was a crack addict. And, um, you know, it just... That was the way I was raised, basically, until finally my dad was incarcerated, and I couldn't, through all the abuse that I suffered, I just couldn't um, live with my mother anymore, and I just ventured out on my own, and um, by that time, I was already addicted to methamphetamine and um, alcohol, marijuana, just, you know, anything that I could take away, the pain and trauma of my childhood, you know. 
We want our listeners to know that if you're a Riverside County resident, you can call the free and confidential CARES line at 1-800-499-3008 if you want to learn more about services, including substance abuse treatment and mental health assistance. In, in your addiction battle, you were able to use that to help people and become a, a drug counselor. Talk to us a little bit about when that was and, and what that experience was like and, and then how that led you in, into the, uh, the situation uh, that you were in with your family now. About uh, six years ago, I um, was in, the, uh, in my addiction, making poor decisions that affected me, uh, got me involved in a legal system. And instead of uh, facing a prison term again, um, I was offered uh, what they call um, drug court out of San Bernardino County. And I, I gladly accepted drug court at the time because by accepting drug court, you get released from jail. I wanted to change my life, but I just didn't have the resources, the help, the guidance that I needed to do that. So upon entering drug court, I started to get a realization. The poor decisions that I made in my life didn't really define the character that I was. You know, I, I still had potential. I could still change my life and become somebody. A couple months before exiting that program, one of the counselors told me, hey, man, you know, you um, seem to be really good with people. You have a great message to share. You know, have you ever thought about becoming a drug and alcohol counselor? They made me an offer. Go to college and get a degree uh, in uh, drug and alcohol education and stay away from the program for two years, you can come back and we'll hire you as an intern. And on my second internship, they hired me. You know, apparently it had some good effects on some of my clients, you know. I had some clients go on and have some great success in recovery and it was amazing. I learned a very valuable lesson though. I got complacent being a drug and alcohol counselor. You felt like you didn't need this additional support anymore. No, yeah, exactly, you know. I, that's exactly what happened. I stopped working uh, with my sponsor and going to meetings and um, working with my recovery support network. And um, what happened was is I relapsed with old behavior. Um, not necessarily at the time uh, was it uh, drugs. So one one uh, morning I woke up and I told my wife, hey, I want to be a biker today. Let's go buy a Harley Davidson. Well, I hadn't been on a motorcycle in over 20 years. I didn't even have a motorcycle license. And these are the compulsive behaviors that we do when we're not in, you know, uh, in our active recovery. Had I been working with my sponsor and I, call, I would have called my sponsor and told him my plans, he would have said, are you crazy? Do you, <laughs> do you even have a motorcycle? When was the last time you were on a motorcycle? But so I went and I bought this uh, motorcycle and uh, two hours later I was in the hospital fighting for my life. Involved in a crash. Yes. I wrecked the bike the same day I bought it. My wife was following me home with my daughter and they watched the whole wreck. Now I'm in the hospital. I uh, have surgery. I'm on morphine and all different kinds of pain medication that they're giving me. I went through my surgery. It took me a year to learn how to walk again. Um, during my recovery at my house, um, I worked for MHS, which was Mental Health Systems in San Bernardino County. Uh, they had called me up and said, hey, Stephen, you know, we can't keep your job open for this long. We need to get a counselor in there to help with these clients. And they asked me if I would sign over my position. And um, so I did. And it was at that time that not, like I said, not having that recovery support network in place, um, I took it as I was lost my job, everything I went to college for and worked so hard for, 
I didn't have that recovery support network in place. And I did what an addict would always do at that moment. You reverted. I reverted back to my old ways and my old behavior. I went on a um, run for about a year and a half and got in trouble with everything comes back, the negative behavior, the criminal thinking, everything comes back with me. And um, I got in trouble uh, for drugs again and went to jail, got out of jail, bailed out of jail, and they removed our daughter from us. CPS removed our daughter from us. And I can see today that that was one of the best things that they could have done because I, I definitely needed help at that time. They wanted me to go to FBC Family Preservation Court. Mm-hmm. So um, those, this was the process of the beginning process of getting our daughter back. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Family Preservation Court with, with everybody here in just a moment. I, I wanted to ask you if that moment once your daughter was removed, was that the wake-up call I, that you needed to face this addiction head on? Absolutely. All the poor decisions that I made in the past and the criminal um, history that I created um, caused law enforcement to look at me as if I was um, a bad guy. So when they came to remove our, our my daughter, they um, came to the house, wouldn't let me go in the house and put a police, uh, police officer on each side of me because they thought I was going to resist and try to stop them. When, and then they walked my daughter out of our house and down our sidewalk as they had me surrounded and she and the look on her face and the hurt and the you know I don't think I ever really realized in my life what my poorest how my poorest decisions could affect innocent people like I just never that was the first time I ever really got a realization of that and I hit my knees and that was definitely the turning point absolutely was that the point that you started working with, with social workers in Riverside County and also with RUHS Behavioral Health to recognize the treatment? Talk to me about those next steps after that point when this realization happens for you. It was pretty much a no-brainer for me. I, I, I um, told our social worker, what do you need me to do? I'll do whatever you want. And that was the journey that we started on. And that was when they said, okay, and, and you know, at the time, I thought, wow, it's a, it's a crazy, ridiculous amount of things that they want me to do. They want me to go to anger management classes. They want me to go to um, parenting classes. I, they want me to go to intensive outpatient. You know, I drug tested all the time for the program for CPS. But as I was doing it and actually going through and accepting the services and getting the help I needed, I started to realize that these guys were miracle workers. They knew exactly what I needed. I needed to be held accountable. You know, I mean, the program that they had designed was not for failure. It was for success. You went through a substance abuse treatment program at RUHS Behavioral Health. Talk to us about some of the services that you received. Amazing services. Not just did they hold me accountable. Did they give me uh, individual counseling sessions? Did they give me group, group counseling sessions? Did they offer me therapy there? They also accepted my family is that where you learned about Family Preservation Court? Absolutely. Allison Gambino is with Children's Services, and we're going to talk with her in just a moment about the Family Preservation Court program, how it works, how it helps people who are in your situation. But I, I just want to briefly tell our listeners that this is a, a partnership with the courts. 
to help free parents from drug and alcohol addiction and safely reunify them with their children. Why did you and your wife choose to go through this program? Did you feel like it was really the only way to to reunify with your daughter? It was the most humbling experience I ever, ever had in my life. All the curriculum that they had, I taught for years. I knew all of it. How long did you go through the program? I went, it was 16 months through the program. And uh, then you graduated in February 2022? Yes. Uh-huh. Absolutely. What was that moment like? I mean, you're in the courtroom, you're reunified with your daughter. <laughs> It was an amazing accomplishment, um, a very, very humbling experience, absolutely. And uh, when I say humbling, to know that um, I was able to put my trust and my faith in the system, and and it worked. I was able to regain, um, you know, our daughter, regain my recovery and my freedom from active addiction and just so many wonderful things you really you don't have to do the you don't have to graduate exceptional just try and their ultimate goal is for you to have reunification for you for this child to be placed back with you in a healthy atmosphere so you can prosper they will go the distance if you just try i just would like that people to know you know i know being on both sides of the fence, you know, that there's a stigma, you know, of um, CPS, of uh, programs, you know, um, when you're on the other side and making bad decisions, you know, and uh, and gaining, getting the uh, consequences of them, you know, a lot of people think, you know, they think negative because they're in a negative uh negative state of mind you know and so cps to them are kidnappers and just all kinds of just negative um ideals you know and that's not true you know the thing it's not true you know i just would love people to realize that cps is actually there for you the resources that they have are amazing you know the C- the resources that they have are what i are what were given to me you know I was, they allowed me, they paid for the services to go through FBC. They, they, you know, they were there the whole time. If I was just to share with anybody is just, you know, sometimes in life we have to surrender to win. As I mentioned to all of you at the top of the podcast, we are joined today by some of the Riverside County staff who actually helped Stephen through his treatment and reunification process. One of those partners is peer specialist Brenda Avila. She's with RUHS Behavioral Health. How did you connect with Stephen? And tell us a little bit about your relationship. So Stephen was assigned to me in his final phase of treatment. um, And I was able to connect with him because I myself have a history of substance abuse and also having a CPS case. As peer support specialists, we are able to utilize our own lived experience mm-hmm. to encourage, um, empathize with, and support the clients in their recovery journey. It's unique in the way that a counselor would provide services because as peers, we're able to be more transparent with our experience. Steven, you were a drug counselor, so you get this. You understand the nature of the relationship between the counselor and the client. How vital was it for you to connect with somebody like Brenda? 
It was extremely vital. In order for for a connection to be made, we have to have some kind of commonalities. You know, there just really has to be. For the transparency we have, for the self-disclosure that we were able to to share with one another without any shame or guilt, mm-hmm. because there were things that we were able to overcome and learn from, you know, is amazing. That's That's... That's where the recovery support services really helped me out was that, you know, I get to work with real people who had the same real struggles that I've had, who, who made it out and have a life today and it's possible. You know, that kind of um, connection right there was very, very vital. I want to bring Allison in for a moment here. We were telling you about the county's Family Preservation Court program. That's a big part of the um, wraparound services, the comprehensive services that we provide to people like Stephen here in Riverside County. Allison, um, a lot of people may not know about the program and the and the partnership that's here with the courts. Tell us a little bit about how this program works. So Riverside County Family Preservation Court is a partnership between the court, DPSS, and Riverside University Health Systems, as well as other county agencies. And the program is an intensive one, generally lasting a year. Um, can be more, can be less, depending mm-hmm. on the individual journey. And it's designed for families with significant substance use disorder issues that impact the safety of their children. Um, the program targets families with a dependency case and families at risk of, de- of having a dependency case um, due to abuse and neglect as a result of substance use disorder. Helping um, these families like Stephen safely reunify, that's what we want to see. Talk to us a little bit about why this program was put into place to begin with. So FPC does um, seek to do what is in the best interest of the family. So that's always the goal of um, children's services is to provide a safe and secure environment for the children um, while treating the parent's substance use disorder and other related issues, including mental health issues and um, homelessness, that kind of thing. Um, FPC's goals are to ensure safety and well-being of of the children and to reunite the families by providing the parental support, treatment, and access to services. Do a lot of people just not know about this program? What would you like to communicate to the public about it? Um, Well, I think that this program provides an assessment um, and a treatment plan, counseling, group counseling. I think that parents are usually put off a little bit about the program when it's first explained to them, when, they, when they're told that it's a year-long. Mm-hmm. Um, clients usually tend to back off of it and say, no, I don't want to do that. They want the easy way out. They want to do the three-month program someplace else where it's not so intense and they can do it, get in, get out, and um, hopefully get their children back. What they don't realize is the um, ongoing support that FPC provides the clients with, even after their case closes, even after the children unify, they're still able to go back to the program and say, hey, I need help with this, or can I do this, or let me help with that, or be involved in aftercare and and, um, help out with um, other clients going through the program, that kind of thing. So it it really is an all-inclusive type program that um, will assist them throughout the life of the case and then afterwards. Yeah, I, th- I think it's part of this holistic approach of integrated services to help Stephen and, and people who are in his situation. How did how did you see that integration play out for Stephen, Brenda? 
So with Stephen, um, we weren't just there for the substance abuse issues. We were there to support him also through um, court issues, uh, mental health challenges. Um, another thing that we do is we encourage clients to get a physical done so that we're addressing all issues, not just the substance use. Was there something unique about Stephen's case that either one of you noticed? For me, I would say um, what was definitely unique about Stephen's case is that he had he came in knowing both sides. You know, um, like he said, he, he was a counselor and then, you know, also battling with his own challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had to actually take himself out of that and step back and go from knowing to listening. And that was very unique with him. Allison, is there anything that you would want to tell parents who may need this program? There's really no quick fix to substance use disorder. It's a it's a long-term progress. It doesn't end at the end of a treatment program. It continues for the rest of their lives. Um, but the evidence does show that a longer-term program, such as Family Preservation Court, is the most effective way to treat to um, address and and treat addiction. Parents receive a support system in the peers and staff there, um, and I think that makes it the, you know, the most unique program that we can offer them. Stephen, um, before we wrap up, talk to us about how you're doing now. How's your family doing now? You know, before I made those bad decisions um, that affected my life so tragically and the life of my daughter, I didn't have the life that I have today. I um, I remember watching movies about people that suffered um, a tragic accident together, and they have this survivor, you know, bond. My wife went through this with me, my active addiction. So we lost our daughter together. We also went through FBC together, got involved in recovery together, won our CPS case, got our daughter back. And we have a new appreciation for life. Um, Things that um, our marriage is amazing today. Our relationship with our daughter is amazing today. Having the jobs that we have today and progressing in life is amazing. You know, no longer do we realize that we have to do these things in life. What's so amazing about being in uh, recovery in this experience is that we get to do these things today. You know, we get to be parents today. We get to have a job. We get to do these things, and it's amazing. My relationship is, I'm overpaid. I don't have a million dollars. I'm not rich. I don't, but I'll tell you, I'm rich in family and love right now in recovery, and it's just, this has strengthened us just tremendously. Is there anybody in particular, as you've gone through this journey and you've received these comprehensive services that you're particularly grateful for? I am absolutely grateful for every one that I've worked with in this treatment. Everyone. Um, I have had a bond with everyone that was put in my life from our social worker that we, um, an amazing woman, my wife still, even though she's retired, still communicates with her from FBC it's like this was meant for me, waiting for me, and everyone who was involved in this was waiting for me. <laughs> it's amazing, you know. So I, I, everyone, Allison, Prenda, any anything that I didn't ask you that the two of you wanted to add? For me, I would just tell people who are being offered this, it's um, 
it's probably something difficult. You're probably going through something hard, but it's an opportunity for you to change, for you to change things, for you to change your life, your children's lives, um, and just break the cycle. I want to thank all three of you. This has been great. Thank you so much, all three of you, for the time that you've spent. And Stephen, for you sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you. Again, if you're a Riverside County resident and you need mental health assistance or substance abuse treatment, help is available. Call the free and confidential CARES line at RUHS Behavioral Health at 1-800-499-3008. That wraps up this episode of The Service Station. You can find this episode and all previous ones, both in English and Spanish, on our website at rivcodpss.org and on major podcast platforms. Thanks so much for listening.